Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their 0 to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.fm. We have access to hundreds of developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent that costs half as much as in-house developers, and you know you can trust your SaaS or mobile app with us. We'll give you the first 30 days, no risk, and we're guaranteed being on time and on budget when we finish the project at no extra cost. Whether you have your own team already and need some extra help or you are starting with an idea and need, full, need to build your SaaS or mobile app from scratch, we can take your vision and turn it into reality. Contact us at onestop.fm. Let's chat about your software project today. Today I have Brian Castle of Zip Message. Zip Message is an asynchronous way to send voice, video, and screen messages to help enable remote work. Brian recently sold another company of his to JD Grapham, who was on the show about two months ago. You should check that show out. It's very interesting. Today Brian will today we'll talk to Brian about starting up Audience Ops, how he sold it to JD, and then started Zip Message. We'll also talk to Brian how he came up with the idea for Zip Message, funded the MVP, and how he's doing after being in operations for a year. How are you today, Brian? Doing good, Jordy. Thank yeah, thanks for having me on. Great. So um, since we're really going to be talking about two products here, why don't you maybe start me from the beginning? You know, and I actually mentioned in the pre-show, you were actually um, on an interview with a, another podcast a long time ago, so we have spoken yeah. before. So yeah, it's nice to chat with you again. Yeah, so you know, it's funny how like you know, founders they, they go through so many changes and different projects and you know, coming back yeah. from the show after like a year, it's like so so much has changed. That's that's right. Well, you were doing restaurant business. You were doing restaurant um oh, yeah. websites at the time. So that, uh, why don't yeah, you just sort of no, why, why don't you just <laughs> yeah, why don't you just sort of uh, walk us through what you've been up to quickly, you know, within, you know, whatever a couple minutes. Uh, what you've been doing since then, and then more interestingly, um, your transition sort of from audience ops and, and zip message, which, which what the show is going to be about. So we'll obviously dive sure. into that. Yeah, I always like to kind of work backwards. So like right now, you know, I'm working on zip message and it's just about a full year in to, uh, to zip message as a startup. And probably around the time you're hearing this in, in early January of 2022, Zip message is actually up on product hunt. So like cool. we're a year in, we, we, we've had some That's pretty exciting. good traction and uh, the product is in a really good place. So we're trying to really, you know, officially, I guess, quote unquote, launch it, although it's really been in the hands of customers for, you know, uh, most of the past year. Yeah. Um, so kind of working backwards from that, uh, audience ops was the was the last big chapter for, for me. I worked on that business. That was a, a content as a service, kind of productized service around blog content. I ran that so, for about seven years. Like sort of a marketplace in? Are you familiar with like Endash? Uh, I wouldn't really call it a marketplace. It's more like businesses. A lot of SaaS companies came to Audience Ops. They still do come to Audience Ops for um, to hire that service to basically power their their blog. So so we have a team or, you know, I don't own it anymore, but I, I we, we had a team, writers and content managers and, and editors um, that we would sort of plug into 
uh, businesses. Okay. Um, so and so it's like yeah, as, as you said guys. in the okay. uh, yeah, and, and as you said in the intro, I sold that business to JD Grafham uh, about. Uh, I guess that closed in September of 2021. So, okay, so recently, yeah. great. Yeah, so I was I was mostly uh, running that for the last seven years, and going back before that, I had a business called Restaurant Engine that that we talked about on the previous podcast. Um, I come from a background, uh, probably first as a designer and front end uh, web developer, and and then over the, I, I've talked a lot about like productized services over the years. I've, I've got a course and and on that and and built audience apps. But then in more recent years, last three four years or so, I I started getting much more deeper into SaaS and uh, software product design and kind of expanding my skills into full stack. Um, with uh, Ruby on Rails and, and all that. Okay, so you're Ruby, you're Ruby stack. Yep. Okay, yep. great. So let's start with audience ops. Um, I gather the reason you wanted to sell it, uh, and I got this from JD, is because you were sort of getting um, some more occupied with zip message, and which is a very common thing. Uh, when I look on microacquire, the first question that I ask if I'm looking to buy a SaaS is, why are you selling? And they're like, because I've got, something bigger on my plate yeah. is that essentially what what was happening for you yeah i mean that was definitely a big factor was you know i i knew that but by, by the time i sold audience ops i knew that zip message had enough traction that this looks promising that that it will be a major next chapter in, in my career so there there was definitely that but it was also just generally sort of like time for me to move on from audience ops you know um mm -hmm. I, I had been running that one for almost seven years and um really for the last about four years of running it, I was already out of the day-to-day. -day. You know, uh, I had a great team in place, excellent processes. Um, so I wasn't actually spending a whole lot of time doing actual work in the audience ops business. So it was sort of like ready to be sold years before, but it, but by the time 2021 came around, I, I felt like I was personally, you know, ready to, to kind of fully move on and um, and then see that business go into the hands of, of someone else who can who can who can really give it a lot more resources and attention than, than I was. I, I mm -hmm. was treating it near the end there as as like just a good, solid, steady service, uh, mm -hmm. you know, helping me to like self fund uh, my time and everything um, and invest that time into new SaaS ideas. Uh, but I wasn't really investing new energy, new resources into that business. I was, I was putting all of that into, into Zip message. So yeah, uh, that, that kind of led to it. So when you um, started to sort of uh, systematize audience ops, was it just because you were being a good entrepreneur or were you interested in doing that? Is that what you have aptitude for or was it actually to try and position it for sale? Um, well, I think, you know, Looking back to the very, very beginning of Audience Ops, which was uh, in 2015, um, when I started that business, it, it was I, it was started very much as a what I like to refer to as a productized service, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it was never like a a generalist agency. It it did not grow out of my own consulting work or anything like that. Like mm -hmm. um, I, I'm really I'm an okay writer, but I I would never really offer my writing services to clients. So one of my personal rules when I started that business was, okay, I see a need in the market here. I have a network that I, I believe I could sell this service to, but one of my personal rules is I don't ever want to be the one delivering the actual uh, writing work for, mm -hmm. for clients. Like th if this business is going to work for me, 
I knew that I would need to hire a team and have a process to be able to scale this up. And, and okay. that's exactly what, what happened. Um, and, uh, and we were able to grow it to a, a team of about 25 people and, and, uh, you know, well into the five figures, uh, MRR and, and, uh, and it worked out really well. And, and, it, and it, um, it, it was like profitable, sustainable, really gave me a lot of freedom in, in the later years to, uh, to kind of step away and, and work on SaaS ideas. Okay, let's. I'd like to dive into that uh, the definition you use, productized service, because uh, to me it sounds like an agency. I'm sure it wasn't, but it you know on the face of it, it sounds like an agency. How was it not sure. an agency, and 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 what did you do to make it productized? Just for yeah, our sure. listeners that want to like do that themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so yeah, it's it's probably in the realm of of what you would think of as a as an agency. It's it's a group of people, a, a team who are delivering a, a manual service for clients, mm -hmm. but it's different in that, you know, when I think of a, of a digital agency or a marketing agency, they, they probably do a lot of different things. It's more uh, custom, I would think too. And, right? and it's more custom. You, yeah. you think about like, um, uh, a, a new client comes along, they do a discovery phase. They, they develop a, a custom project proposal. They gather all the materials and people to make that happen. Whereas with, a productized service and one like audience ops, you know, customers just come to the homepage. They, they typically do request a sales consultation, but from there it's, it's a very, uh, streamlined and predictable, very standardized package of services that you can, that you can buy. And it's, and it's all around, uh, content creation, content production. Um, and we just do, do that repeatedly, you know, uh, week to week. So we don't do many like custom, uh, jobs or, or anything like that. So. so for example, it would be something like you get four articles for 1500 a month or something like that. And, and, and it's like, these are what the articles are going to be about. I mean, did you even niche it yeah. out like that? I mean, you say we only yeah, cover and, this area or. Yeah. How did so, that I work? mean, we, we did have, you know, um, standardized pricing. I can't speak to what their pricing is today. I, obviously I don't run the business anymore, but, yeah. um, uh, yeah, it, it's along those lines. You, you get a set number of, of articles. Uh, the team also uh, sets them up and publishes them for you. And yeah, we we tend to to work with a lot of SaaS companies and, and software companies. So so that was kind of the, the ideal. But we did have a whole process, like a client onboarding process, where our, our team of writers would be able to um, interview a, a client and, and get to understand their target customer. And we would tailor the, the content for them. And, you know, we had account managers who, who dealt with the the feedback and edit requests, and, uh -huh. uh, and then just the you know managing the whole production schedule. We we really went deep on building processes to be able mm -hmm. to make that super predictable, streamlined, and, and ultimately you know removing me as the as the owner from getting pulled into the weeds of of the projects yeah. and the deliverables. Yeah. yeah. What did you use for? What kind of tools did you use for your processes? Well, I mean, it's funny enough, one, one of the first SaaS ideas that I started building midway through audience ops was called process kit. And that was, that is still a SaaS product that I, that I run. It has some customers on it. And, and that is what we ultimately moved to. We started with Google docs in the early days, and then we okay. moved all of our processes into process kit, which helps us, um, not only write out all those SOPs, but also run them with the team repeatedly. And, and you can build in a lot of conditional logic, like, like, uh, if the client purchased package a from us, then let's run these steps in this process. Let's automatically assign these people on the team. Let's automatically set these due dates and, and just kind of run that repeatedly. So again, it's, it's, it's all aimed at 
um, you know, making this this manually delivered service as predictable and automated as, as possible. It sounds like there would be huge potential in that, especially if you were able to um, systematize your business on it. You obviously had a lot of experience. Why didn't you go off on that one and, and put more attention to that? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I worked on that. I, you know, I still own that and still run it, still maintain it. Yeah. Um, I started it a, a, about three and a half years ago and, and it, it grew uh, a bit. It's, it's got a solid little customer base on it, but I, I mm -hmm. definitely ran into some challenges with, with onboarding new customers and getting them to adopt a, a big tool like that. You know, it, it takes a lot of uh, effort to it's change get your team. It's like change, change management. You're changing the way they do things. Is that, is that sort yeah, of, it, it yeah, it just, it really requires a big project internally at, at say an agency or a productized service company to, you know, um, input all their processes, design their, their automations. And, and I mean, I still think that this is a big opportunity for, for process kit, um, especially, you know, at, at times I was offering a service component with it where, where me or someone on my team would, would consult with the agency to help system, you know, systematize their, their processes on process kit. You know, but I, I worked on that for a few years and it's still sustainable. But then in 2020 is when the idea for ZipMessage came along. And, and that, you know, the way that shiny objects work is they, they tend to uh, solve for a lot of the challenges that I had in the last one. So oh, are you a shiny object guy? I think so. Probably. Uh, <laughs> I think we all are as entrepreneurs. Look, we have know, to train back. ourselves to not really you know, say, no, 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 don't get distracted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think there there have definitely been times in my career looking back when it was probably shiny objects to a fault, but I but I also believe that they usually pop up at at the at the right time. Uh, yeah. when you know, w when you are uh hitting some some challenges or it's not growing as fast as as you would have hoped. I've had, you know, plenty of shiny objects that that's a good idea. I'll write it down. I'm not going to touch it. Kind but the zip message them. came along and 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 I did log it in my in my notebook for a couple of months and then and then a few months later right around the end of 2020 into 2021 is when i i decided like you know what let me take a break from the other stuff i was working on and let me just hack on this idea for a little bit this is you know the idea of be able to send somebody a link and record a message back and then have a back and forth async conversation let, let me just hack on that for a month and yeah. see what's there and then I put it out and, and it got a lot more traction than I thought it would. So I ended up. Yeah. So like now I'm imagining we, I would use this like in a Slack conversation with Loom or something like that. If I was going to do something like that, is that sort of what the idea came from? Like, oh, this is imperfect. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I would, it probably does serve as like an alternative to a Loom. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Loom is, is, is great. And I, I used it for years, but the one challenge that I had with it is that, Yes, I, I could record a, a message and send that link to you, but it's not frictionless for you. Let's say you're a client of mine or a customer on, on customer support or something like that. Uh -huh. It's not easy for you to just instantly reply back. You know, that requires me to say, hey, you, you need to install this tool, download some software, register see, for yeah. it, or record a video, put it in Dropbox, send that back to me. That that seemed to be a lot of friction. So my the whole idea with, with ZipMessage was, I just want to send a link to someone. They click yeah. it, they land on a page, and now they can record into their browser. And then we can have a back and forth conversation all threaded down one page. And that, okay. that's essentially how it, 
how it builds I see out. the value um, in that. Definitely. And we, we do have a we do have a Slack integration for it and, and a Zapier integration and, and an API. But uh-huh. so the nice thing about it too is that I'm seeing this trend in, in remote work, obviously, that you know, there, there's teams where you have uh, in-house employees or partners. So mm-hmm. they would probably be inside your Slack workspace. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing a lot of these like hybrid teams where you know, you, you've got your core team and then you've got freelancers that you work with from time yeah. to time. And then yeah, you've yeah. got clients that you're doing projects with or, or, or partners, vendors. And so there's a lot of these asynchronous conversations that are happening with those folks, but they're slightly external, um, mm-hmm. you know, or sales conversations or outreach. And, and you know, you want to be able to have a face-to-face video messaging back and forth but you don't want to have to hop on Zoom calls all, all the time or you don't want to just yeah, rely yeah. On, on email. You know? Okay, that makes that makes sense. Before we get too much into the new product, I definitely want to sort of deliver the the story of the yeah. um, audience ops. Uh, one of the questions that comes to mind, you're already not really working on this. You have a, one SaaS, it's running, it sounds like by itself. Why not just keep running audience ops and just like hire a CEO and do nothing with it? That's a good question. I um I asked myself that a lot over the last you know three or four years of, of running the business. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I had considered selling it, but then I ultimately decided to hold it for a few more years. Twenty twenty one came around, and that's when I so- started to um, just mentally shift a little bit. Like I was really torn on it, to be honest. I mean, I I it was really a decision between like should I just continue to hold it because it it isn't requiring a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. Or just find a better home for it. Uh, you know, take some some money off the table with it. Yeah. With, with the sale, um, there's certainly that piece of it. Ultimately, it came down to I I started to feel like sort of a sense of obligation to the business and especially the team. Okay. Uh, as, as well as the clients, because we've had a, such a talented, really great team. And one of the things I'm most proud of is is that these folks. You know, they a lot of them started at Audience Apps over six years ago, and they're still there today. Like still they, they there, really. Yeah. So really it's like family, it. really, like family. Yeah, right? yeah, and and you know, I wanted to offer them growth opportunities and invest in the business overall. Mm-hmm. But you know, up until that point, I've I've been fully self-funded and bootstrapped. Um, so I was taking all all of my resources and sort of, uh, do, you know, putting them into the new SaaS stuff. Um, yeah. So that that's you know, ultimately, I I wanted to see a good outcome. You know, for me to sort of like conclude that chapter of, of my entrepreneurial career, but also have an, a, a good outcome for the team and for the clients, for the business to really live on. And to be honest, like I'm super excited to see how, how JD and, and the team really grow it in, in 2022, you know? Yeah. JD's a great entrepreneur. He's, he's, you know, super sharp guy and he's got the team as you know. And so yep. he can just get some resources on it. How was the sale process? Can you walk me through that? Like, um, you know, sort of, did you reach out to JD? Did you put it on microquire? What was sort of the process? Yeah, I I, I actually talked all about this um, on my blog and, and also on, on my podcast. I had JD on. Uh, after, oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, Jordan and I had JD on, but but I'll go into a bit, bit of it here for sure. So actually, yes to both. I, I did reach out to JD. I had known him a bit from years prior, and he was one of a handful of folks that I privately reached out to and said, hey, I'm, I'm considering selling audience ops, if, if that's something you might be interested in. And also at the same time, I did put it up on MicroAcquire. And I ultimately ended up having two offers, one from a buyer on MicroAcquire and then one from JD. So I went with JD mostly because I, I knew him. He had a, a, a track record that I was more familiar with um, and, uh, and and trusted him. So 
so yeah, then, then we just moved forward. Um, JD obviously has done lots of these types of, of deals. So he mm -hmm. has a, he knows the process pretty well. There was, uh, you know, so we navigated that together o over the course of, um, like how long, yeah. How long was it from the time that you wrote JD to, to September? It was probably about two months in total. I think from the time that it's I wrote to fast. him. Yeah. I mean, from the time that I wrote to him there, we were, JD and I were both traveling at the time over the summer. So like it was about three or four weeks just from first email to actual offer. And yeah. then once we went from like LOI to closing, it was probably like a, about a month. So Did you take was, on, on any yeah. advice when you were getting ready to sail like an M&A specialist or anything like that? No, I, I like I decided not to use a broker this time. I I had sold my previous business, Restaurant Engine, using a broker, FE International. I had mm -hmm. a great experience working with them. But this time around, I wanted to, you know, especially between MicroAcquire is, is here now and and, and I had a bit of a network, you know, including a, a guy like JD, who I could just reach out to directly. I wanted to see if I could, I could explore a sale without the help of a broker. I do have, you know, quite a few friends and, and contacts who I turn to for advice all the time. And I was absolutely talking to them uh, about, um, you know, uh, reaching out for, for advice throughout this whole process for sure. Okay. So that was, that was a positive experience then for you working with them. Okay, good. So it sounds like uh, using the brokers before was a positive experience, but you didn't this time. Did you get what you wanted? Did you sort of have an idea in mind what you wanted to sell audience ops for? Yeah, I, I think I was I was definitely happy with the outcome. Um, I think it worked out well, I, I believe, for both me and JD. You know, uh, it, was, it wasn't one of these like massive exits, but it was it was a good exit for me. You know, it was in the high six figures and uh, and that worked out pretty well. You know, just talking about the broker and getting advice, like I again, I have worked with one in the past and there were times in the process where I would have liked to have the the guidance or like the protection of a broker to sort of like shield me from from a lot of the, the work of, of the negotiation and, and stuff. But, you know, ultimately, I, I, I think it was a good, good outcome. And, and again, I had a lot of really great advisors and friends who, who are deep into this sort of stuff in, in their businesses. Um, they've had experience with exits, so I, I turn to them a lot too. Yeah, and it sounds like for for a sale of this size, you know, using a broker probably, you know, I mean, when it's you're talking about something that you really closed in in five weeks or something, you probably don't need him to be taking another six percent off or something. Yeah, exactly. And some of them take you know a lot more than that, so it, it certainly save save money and and time for sure. Yeah, that's great. So I gather the the. Part of the reasons that you wanted to sell now is is also to take some of the capital and put it into zip message. Is that is that right? Yeah, partly right. Actually, also at the same time in September 2021, I also took a bit of funding from the Com Company Fund. Uh, they they were formerly known as uh, Earnest Capital, so they're they're one of these um, kind of a, a small fund aimed at like bootstrappers to give them a, a bit of capital plus a. a a network of, of mentors and, and other support, uh, like a support community. So I joined that uh, as well in, in uh, 2021 for Zip. You did, okay. And and what was the what was that process like? I mean, how much equity did you have to give up? How much capital did you get? Yeah, I mean, in my case, it, it was a couple hundred K, um, you know, a small piece of equity. And, uh, and ComFund has sort of a unique funding model, which is, uh, they call it a shared earnings agreement, uh, where and they publish all the details on their website about this, but basically it's, uh, you sort of have an option to like buy back 
part of their equity o over a couple of years out of the profits of the company. So it's sort of aimed at giving you the option of running it like a, a calm, profitable, sustainable business, or you can, you know, go on to raise a series A, series B and, and buy back uh, some of that. So you could even get funding yeah. and then, then part of that funding could go to, for the buyback, almost like a convertible note a bit, isn't it? Yeah, a, a, a bit of that. It's sort of like, it sort of incentivizes you uh, based on whatever path you end up taking the business. And that, that was pretty attractive to me. The process was super straightforward and, and very easy. You know, Tyler uh, Tringas, who, who runs it, it was really great to work with. And, you know, it's also a really great uh, network of, of mentors. They've got a couple hundred, uh, they're actual investors in the fund, but they're experienced uh, startup founders and, and advisors. Mm -hmm. So I can turn to them for, for advice. So it's been pretty uh, good. You you obviously know about Tiny Seed as well, because that's where we met yeah. in microcompas, and you probably thought about them. Why didn't you go with the Tiny Seed? Yeah, I mean, you know, Rob is a friend, and and, and what uh, Tiny Seed is doing is, is fantastic. I and I'm friends with a lot of the Tiny Seed companies as well. So, you know, I, I think at at the time it was just uh, I I just sort of received a, a really good offer from from uh, from Tyler uh, and and Com Fund, and you know, they both seemed pretty comparable. I, not, not that I, I, I so I, I didn't actually apply to Tiny Seed. I don't know whether I, I would have been accepted or, or not. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of the programs, they seem pretty comparable. And and yeah, it was just sort of a, a matter of timing and and uh, just sort, sort of worked out that way. I, I would certainly consider, not in my case, but for others, like if I'm giving advice to any any other founders, I would certainly consider Tiny Seed. Um, or com fund i think they're both really great and yeah they sound uh, they yeah. sound like a similar i i'd actually did i'd heard of tyler but i didn't know about the com fund it sounds it sounds yeah. like similar sort of uh, arrangement yep yeah very similar yeah and uh, although i mean you know they, they do have some differences in the in the way that their terms work and and their program works and stuff but yeah similar sort of uh market i would say Okay. Um, getting back to a zip message, I, I want to make sure we touch on the idea, like how did you, what made you think that the problem that you were solving for zip message was going to be something that people would actually pay for? Well, for, first it was like, does it get paying customers? <laughs> and and, and yeah. it does. Um, so, you know, with message, one of the things, by the time I got up to building zip message, I, I had I had built a few SaaS already. I, I have a really strong uh, working relationship with with the developer that I collaborate with. So we built the very first prototype very, very fast for a zip message. Okay, um, like how fast? At, at first, it was literally just me getting like the, the bare bones working in the browser. That was under a month. And then I had, I brought my developer in to help build it into uh, sort of a version one MVP type of thing. We mm -hmm. got that out into the hands of actual users uh, it, within three months and we had the first paying customers in in within the, the fourth month so so that did you to like april of, of last of, of 2021 okay and and at the time did you speak to anyone about saying hey if i build this would you would you pay for it how much would you pay for it yeah you know with like validating a new product i've i've sort of evolved a bit on that i, I tend to now take more of a like an observational approach to it, right? Like, so I, I was more observing the market and seeing trends and, and usage patterns with tools like like Loom and and the way that that the whole, I mean, now the whole world has gone remote. So, so there's mm -hmm. that whole trend, but there's also these communication trends. I mean, in, my, in, in audience ops, my previous company, we almost never had meetings. Like mm -hmm. we literally almost never 
met in person. Occasionally I would meet with the with the managers here and there, but it, we didn't have like daily standups or weekly roundup meetings or anything like that. We very few calls on the calendar. Um, everything was asynchronous. We, we would chat on Slack. We would use a lot of email and we would send video messages back and forth. And, and near the end there, when, when I had both products, we, we were using zip message for, for a lot of that. Okay. And so, and that's how I've worked my entire career. Uh, always been remote, always, always worked very asynchronously with uh, freelancers, with teammates, with customers. And so that just seemed like a trend that, that I was seeing a lot of people. Obviously people are using tools like, like Loom, uh, you know, more and more. Um, but again, I, I saw a, a few specific ways where I would love to differentiate from, from Loom, uh, making it a lot uh, less friction for sending a link to someone else and, and hopping into an async conversation. That, that was the big uh, differentiator. And I, I think that's what started to really resonate when I showed people, like on our homepage, you can see a, a conversation flowing down the page, you know, back mm -hmm. and forth, multiple people contributing asynchronously, you know, you can, and, and you can record video, audio, screen share, write text, upload attachments. Um, yeah. So it just really makes it easy. When I looked at the, the, um, the uh, homepage for the for the site's very well done, by the way. You you obviously have some chops with designing, so it it looks great. It, it struck to me right away as sort of like a good customer support tool. You know, something like where you like for for me, it's a frustration. I I wrote to a because um, I'm in Europe, so I write to some U.S. company in in California, and I you know, and I don't hear from them for you know like a day, and then I feel like an intercom. It kind of gets lost and because of the, it seems like it would be a great tool for that. What are you finding uh, for, for your customers? Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. That was the initial, initial spark of the idea. So I talked about Process Kit. I was doing customer support for Process Kit. I mm -hmm. constantly mm -hmm. wanted the ability to send a customer a link so that they could record their screen for me and, and come back to me and, and we would, I could support customers that way. That, that was the initial idea for ZipMessage. Pretty early on, once I once I released it and showed the back and forth async conversation, you know, yes, some people wanted still want to use it for like a customer support context, mm -hmm. but sort of to my surprise, the the more interesting thing to the market is the async uh, back and forth conversation, and and especially the ability to replace calls to re to replace Zoom meetings or calendar bookings. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're doing a lot of those, especially across time zones, I mean, I work with a marketing person in, in Australia and, you know, you can imagine that the, the time zone difference. It doesn't is, get worse. Yeah. 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 But we have a lot of really deep, really productive conversations. And this is what I love to honestly talk about the most. I mean, it, is that I find that these async conversations using ZipMessage are actually better, like more productive than having to hop on a live Zoom call. And because if you think about it, when, when you hop on a live call, you're working with someone, you're collaborating, you're sort of on the spot if, if you or, or the other person is put on the spot. Like if you ask a question like, hey, what do you think we should do about this? How should we solve this problem? Well, they have to come up with an answer for you like right there and then because we're on a live call. But if I send that same question over a zip message, they could receive it, digest it, take a walk, think about it, prepare their response, maybe jot down some notes and then record and send it off to me. Or maybe record it once and say, you know what, I could say that a little bit tighter. Let me re-record and send it back. And so then we go back and forth that way. And, and, and then I would get the, 
like their best possible response to that question. And I can give mm -hmm. my best next response. And we ended up having a, a better outcome from it. So, you know, I, I find this really great for like hiring conversations. So again, that person in, in Australia, I had a, a brief Zoom call just to meet and greet, but then we went deep over two weeks, you know, show me a recent project, show me your screen. Let's talk mm -hmm. about that. Let's talk about some plans. And it's it's been a really effective way to kind of work and, and, and you know, really work remotely. Could you integrate this? So I'm trying to envision how this could operate now, and I guess it would be like through Loom and say Intercom or something, right? So you're chatting with someone, some support uh, person in Intercom, and then you send a meeting, you send like a video recording or something. I don't know if they would ever send it back to you. I don't know if that's ever happened, but um, yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it's it's always really great for to to record and send off to someone. Uh, it it does have the benefit of being able to receive a response back, and the other person doesn't need to install anything. Yeah, uh, but we do, we do now have several integration options so okay so you they, could they, do that so have people yeah. been do using yeah, that say so, with like intercom or drift or something that's very you know prevalent yeah so just in the past month we, we started to roll out some of these integrate in, integrations so we do have an api that that's that will be available by the time this comes out in, in january mm -hmm. right now we we have a zapier integration and we have um, the ability to Im embed so you can embed a, a video player you can embed an, an entire conversation and you can embed what we call intake pages. So we, so with your zip, zip message account, you get your own uh, intake page. Mm -hmm. So that could be zipmessage.com slash your name or slash your brand name. And that's a page that you can send to anyone, just like you would share like a Calendly link. You, uh, I see, of, okay. Instead of sending a link to book a call with you, you could send this link and then they can reply back that they can send you a message and, and start a new async conversation with you. Oh, I love that. I love that so, because it's- so that, yeah, that, that's, so that, that, that's sort of like a customer support portal or, or yeah. it could be like a sales intake page or whatever. Yeah. And, but now you, you can even embed that in your own website. So you can put it within your, your site or your membership area or whatever it may be. Well, I love that. And I'll tell you the reason I love that is because one of the hardest things as a salesperson, I'm sure you know this, is to get people to organize times for meetings, right? And if I don't have to do that, that's all of a sudden, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, wow, this actually sounds pretty interesting. I, I, I could bypass, I use Acuity and maybe, maybe I don't even need to bypass, but give another option, you know, that's, that's a, hey, yeah. you know, listen, you, if you don't have time to schedule a meeting, just send me five minutes about what you're talking about, because I don't really understand over email. It'd be great to just, you know, see what you're talking about, you know, something like that. Yeah, I love the way you put it there. Like, it's sort of like another option, right? Like, I have yeah. a calendar link that I send to some people, but yeah. other times it's like, you know what? Let's let's just get this conversation started asynchronously. Here's my zip message link, and, and yeah. you can go right to it. You know? Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, what are people willing to pay for something like this? Well, right now we have actually three plans. One, it, there is a free plan now, so you can use it uh, as long. So you as can you check want. it out. Um, okay. And uh, and you know there are some limits on that, but then we we've, we've got the starter plan at, at uh, $19 a month. Uh, the premium plan is at 39 a month. And, uh, the, the premium is, is intended for, for teams. So you can, you know, invite other team members into it. Of course, mm -hmm. on, on any plan, you can still share it with unlimited guests. So like, uh, clients and, and freelancers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got like automatic transcriptions and, and, uh, message templates like canned responses and all, all this kind of stuff that gets into the paid tiers. But yeah, the free tier gives you 
usually the core of being able to send and, and receive video, audio messages. Yeah. And how's how's the um, user take up right now? Uh, like, in, I mean, how many users are you getting a, a month now? Yeah, so you know we've got quite a few uh, free users. We've got several hundred uh, paying customers. It's it's about one year in, um, mm -hmm. so we're seeing um, you know pretty fast traction, uh, which has been good for me to see. Uh, like I said, like right right now in January, uh, we're trying to launch on on Product Hunt and, and really accelerate that now. And so you know the other thing with, with Zip Message is that it's there is a viral aspect to it. As soon as you start using it, you send the link to someone else. Now now they're using it. So so we're seeing some. Uh, some, some virality in, in the growth as well. Can you expand on that? I'm trying to envision why why it's um, viral. Sure. So so if you start using Zip Message and then you you create your first message and you send it to someone, they receive your link. They can see your message. They can see your, your video. It, it says powered by Zip Message, right? Okay. Uh, but so that, they... that's number one. But but then okay. they can they can reply right back to your message. They they don't even need to create their own account, but they could register as a respondent user mm -hmm. just to get notified of when another message pops into this conversation. Um, so that's another kind of pathway for them to, to get into their own free account. Yeah. And then, and then of course, like uh, when you're embedding on your own website, there, there's the powered by zip message there. Once you're in a, a paid tier, you have the option to turn that off. But, um, okay. Yeah. People aren't sharing this out on social media though, are they? Yeah, some people are. For sure. They are, so, okay. so you can have, you know, these, these async conversations can be public. You can make them private or public, right? So you can, mm -hmm. so I am seeing people post a video up on Twitter and asking for responses back from their Twitter audience, it's sort of like a public ask me anythings. And, and people are using it for podcast responses, like uh, uh, listener questions and that, and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, it sounds, it sounds. Yeah, it sounds like you're early on the curve here too. It's a, it it because nobody else is really doing anything like this, are they? Well, you know, getting back to kind of observing the market, I you know, I I've seen asynchronous messaging tools being used in in different ways, but there it just seemed like a a lot of friction, right? So, yeah. you know, Loom has been around for some time. There've been a lot of people using YouTube and just recording a video and making it an unlisted YouTube video that you don't want to be public, but you just want to send somebody a, a, a message, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And then there's there's Slack, but that's a little bit closed to just your internal team. There's there's email, but then you know not everyone wants to type everything that they're talking about, and that's not the most effective way. So, yeah. And and then and you know Zoom fatigue is is a real thing now, right? Oh I yeah. Mean, I yeah. mean it's. People are resorting to, okay, I need some face-to-face. -face. We need to share screens. So I guess the only option is Zoom, but who wants to sit on eight Zoom calls a day, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. So. Yeah. Well, it, sound, it sounds like a perfect time for um, sort of, you know, rapid. The world is moving to a remote first sort of uh, mentality after COVID. It's sure. born from your company, which sounds like it's remote first. Um, do yep. you find that, that that's obviously the, the type of clients that, that you're selling to? And how do you sort of market to that that type of client? Yeah, certainly the, the early customers this past year have been, you know, remote companies, a lot of tech, SaaS, digital agencies who, who are already comfortable, you know, working remotely. They're probably already doing uh, a lot of asynchronous, uh, you know, conversations and, and communication they're, pr they're trying to move more toward asynchronous and reduce 
the the calendar calls that that's who i'm seeing it um you know uptake that it's part of the challenge is that there are several use cases that that i'm seeing already it's not just one so um mm -hmm. you know we talked about like like sales conversations team conversations customer support there are some like coaches uh using it to like kind of coach and student conversations um and uh yeah kind of seeing a mix of, of those right now was there was there any search volume on on the keywords that when you were first developing this product were you seeing like oh there's there's really good search volume on the say async uh whatever uh, it is there there is some and we're we're starting to optimize we're starting to see some some google search um but not not as much it's it, it's it's the, i think the play is is going to be a little bit more um slow and viral and, and organic so that's that's part of the part of the marketing challenge right now for sure is that it's it's not quite um a, a well-established category with lots of, of players with with lots of search volume uh -huh. uh, but there there are some and you know um and i think we're, we're we're trying to like ride right into that right now right into it and so is it is the main sort of marketing focus now maybe like partners yeah uh so this past month we've been rolling out all the all the integration options so so we're starting to do like we already have a direct slack integration we have the mm -hmm. Zapier integration. We have the uh, embeds. Um, the API is rolling out in a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, starting to talk to integration partners, uh, trying to get on on more podcasts and, and talk about it. And uh, and it's been it's been kind of fun to, to get it out there. Good, great, Brian. I want to th I want to thank you for your time. We're getting close to the top of the hour. Um, uh, going to make sure we get this out before your product launch. Oh, sorry, your product hunt launch. Um, but if anyone wants to reach out to you, where can we send them? Yeah, so, you know, Zip Messages is the website, zipmessage.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at CastJam. That's, that's usually okay. where I, uh, I hang out. So okay. yeah, I'd, I'd love any feedback or, or questions. Okay, great. And one final question I always like to ask people, if you could go back, and we're not going back very far, but any lessons that you've learned, um, what could you tell your, you know, yourself as you were just getting this going? What would you uh, tell your, what would you like to tell yourself? I feel like that's a question I'm constantly uh, asking myself and trying to improve year to year. Um, you know, I, I, I do like to move fast. I like to uh, build a lot of things and, and try to learn quickly from them. And that's that's essentially what happened with, with ZipMessage. You know, people like to talk about how you stumble into something. Uh, you stumble into a good idea or, or a good startup idea. Uh -huh. um, I, I think part of it is, is a little bit of luck of stumbling into it. But, but a lot of it is like I, I would have never stumbled into this if I wasn't doing something just before this and just before that. Everyone sort of like leads into, you know, I'm always course correcting lear learning what worked what didn't work and now make it better that that's been the uh been basically the process would you say in this case then shiny uh, the um, shiny object syndrome has actually helped you then <laughs> I, I honestly i think it did <laughs> you know um i started the year in 2021 thinking like hey i might try four or five different product ideas this year and yeah. basically the first or second one that i tried was the one that sort of um, that stuck that sort of took off and uh and uh and yeah so so and you know i also treated it like a continuous experiment right like yeah. let's see if i could build this really quickly okay i can let's see if i can get some very first customers on board okay i can let's see if, let's see if they keep coming okay that's true so so it sort of uh, continuously justified my my time and attention to, to keep going on it yeah, it it sounds like the advice of a seasoned entrepreneur to me. So, um, 
we're all going to take it uh, seriously. So th- thanks again so much uh, for for your time, Brian, and uh, wish you great success on this product. It sounds like you're well on your way, and be sure to keep in touch. Yeah, thanks, Jordy. This was fun. Okay, great. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software big break could be right around the corner. <music>